The following is a production of Grinzebach Glear & Associates, consultants in philanthropic management. I'm Scott Atwell. And I'm Barney Ellis Perry. New York, summer 2018. More than 750 advancement professionals from as far away as Hong Kong have arrived for the sold-out conference known as the Case Summit. It's the first case meeting since the organization published its long-awaited white paper on alumni engagement metrics, the work of a Blue Ribbon Task Force. The President and CEO of Case, Sue In advance of the summit, the alumni relations practice at Grinzebach Glear & Associates distributed a survey to gauge the manner in which institutions are currently tracking metrics, and then use the conference as a platform to deliver results. Then, we invited three advancement leaders to discuss the topic. They include the Vice President of Advancement at Nova Southeastern University in Florida, Jennifer O'Flannery Anderson, the Interim Vice President for Development and Alumni Engagement at the University of British Columbia, Jeff Todd, and the Chief Alumni Officer at Indiana University, J.T. Forbes. Well, J.T., since you were a member of the Case Alumni Engagement Task Force that authored the first white paper, the first and most seminal question goes to you, and that is, why do we need a common set of alumni engagement metrics? It's actually pretty simple. We need to be able to have an informed conversation using data and facts around the question of, are we doing a good job engaging our alumni? That's simple. That's simple. One of the things the white paper focused on was we don't want this to be a benchmark. This is all about you internally, but as human beings, knowing how you're doing against the Joneses is important. Do you think it's going to evolve to that one day? Change is difficult, and anytime you introduce a new approach to something, people are going to react with a little bit of anxiety and fear. It's human nature. At a base level, the first thing we have to do here is to develop a common language and a common set of definitions that we can all use as a common point of, to start a conversation. Of course, every institution may have different points of emphasis than others, but that at some level we have far more in common than we do that distinguishes us as not common. Jennifer, so you're at the seat of power of your institution. Share with us the pressure that is upon you to show the impact of your alumni engagement programs. I think there's a great deal of pressure that happens every day. A, a lot of it surfaces around lack of knowledge and understanding. So there's a tremendous amount of pressure to produce results, to, uh, to bring people to events, to generate more money, to provide mentors, but there isn't an, an understanding of what that takes. The other uh, factor that I deal with is that there's an expectation of getting from the alumni, getting their knowledge, getting their involvement without an understanding or appreciation that we need to invest in that at the front end. We need to be providing value to them before we start asking for something back. And I think that speaks a lot to the lack of knowledge and understanding in the value of really cultivating strong relationships with the alumni. Jeff, in a lot of ways, our Canadian colleagues have been ahead of the curve on this. In fact, the University of British Columbia may have been the first to actually start a dual campaign where metrics were elevated right alongside fundraising goals. How did that come about and how did you pull it off? 
Well, to be honest, some of it had come about before I arrived. I got to have the opportunity to work with everyone to execute on it. Uh, but I think it was, I think part of it was the opportunity to galvanize the coming together of our development team and our alumni team and have more shared responsibility, shared goals, uh, force a lot better and stronger teamwork and connectivity between all of those things. Um, and I think the benefit of it as well was that the university had made a big commitment to uh, enhancing alumni engagement. It was a priority in the strategic plan. All of those things came about, I think, that really made it uh, a very natural thing for us to do as we move forward. And the great thing is, I think, is coming out of that, uh, we've now sort of evolved to a sense of metric, a set of metrics that are really not just about broadening engagement, but also about deepening engagement. At UBC, you were an early adopter of advanced metrics. How do you go about calculating the cost benefit of tracking data, recognizing that it has a big impact on workload? Um, yeah, I think that's a really good question because I think tracking met metrics really does has re have resource implications. And uh, the first step is to, however, I think before you can get to, get to that point, is to really embed a commitment of tracking into the culture, uh, which means obtaining organizational buy-in and support both within your specific alumni team, but also more broadly across advancement as well. Uh, this ultimately is going to reduce the, the resource implications, but there still are resources required that really have to be embedded. Um, and I have to say, you know, our colleagues in fundraising are metrics and data driven, and we really shouldn't expect anything different uh, from our alumni teams as well. And so in some cases, I think the cost is uh, an administrative staff, but the benefit of capturing the information really outweighs this over the long term, because ultimately you're able to make much better uh, decisions of, uh, that really guide your work strategically. Jeff's made some really great points here. The other thing I think we all have to remember is this is a journey. We're not going to come up as a field of practice with a static set of indicators. This will evolve and improve over time with practice as we're able to engage in dialogues. And that's really why having something that's specific to an institution is important. But also recognizing that as that happens, it's going to create a conversation. And I think that's really what CASE is trying to do, is provide an invitation to a conversation that can go on longer. At Indiana, I'd also add that one of the ways we've dealt with the cost issue is by starting simply. We're trying to track three simple metrics as a central office before we do unto others. It's kind of a reverse golden rule. Do unto ourselves before we do unto others. And in that process, we've fostered trust, we've learned what works and what doesn't, and we've evolved over time to really understand why tracking is important. Can I add just one more thing as well? I think, um, and I think that's really important to kind of put that uh, from a scale perspective. I think the other thing is when you're in a large complex environment as we are, um, we do have to resource it centrally uh, to make it easier for our colleagues in the, the colleges and faculties to actually uh, buy in and actively participate. So we have to really assist them in this effort. And we also are really only tracking things that alumni do and take action on. Speaking of resources, I'm going to turn to the vice president here since uh, you probably also oversee advancement services, mm -hmm. which really has to be the centralized location if you're going to be tracking these metrics. How do you, as a leader of your organization, help advancement services prioritize for when the alumni relations team says, look, we want to start measuring X, Y, and Z, but advancement services has all of these other obligations? So my favorite line to my advancement services team is, it's not no, 
it's how. <laughs> so I need you to stop saying no, and I need you to think about how you're going to do this because the alumni piece is just as important as the development piece. And your job isn't to say no, it's to tell us the rules, the criteria, and the way things should be done, but to help us figure out how we do it and what do you need in order to do it. So I think it's a really important question. We also try to include our advancement services folks in all of our discussions so that it isn't imposed on them either, that they're, that they're part of the discussion and they get to help frame um, how we're going to measure these things. I, I think another important part about the measurement is that it allows us to actually know if we're successful, if we, we are seeing some growth, and then as we have additional resources where we, we might want to invest them, where we know we might see a return. I think in the past, we didn't know that. We would just put money into different programs and, and hope they produce something. So I think the metrics are important that way. But my key with advancement services is not no, but how. You have to walk before you can run. And so I think at the beginning, it makes a lot of sense to start with what seems obvious. Because by doing that, you're going to discover what more you need to understand. If I have any worries about how this evolves, I worry about institutions that try to go too far too fast. And the systems they create collapse either because they don't have the capacity to really collect it, or they've tried to develop too elaborate a model for where they are. This is a journey and a process. It's just as important that you start simple so that you also engender trust and understanding among the staff. One of the first reactions we got when we started talking about these three simple metrics in Indiana was worry among staff that their jobs were going to be at stake if they didn't get the right numbers. So we have took our time. We've taken three years of just getting in the practice of counting and then sitting around the table and discussing the results we get. And what's been fascinating is it leads to a really empowering conversation where people can say, well, you know, if we did this, we might achieve that outcome. Or, you know, we've been at this for a while, and the things that our satisfaction surveying says are factors we can't control. Maybe we should divest from that so we can do something else. And that's not coming from senior management. That's coming from the staff having conversations among themselves using the facts and data. Here's a question for each of you. And it's really the first question that the task force tried to answer, and that is how do you count alumni? And we're all over the board with it. What do you think about how NOVA counts alumni or Indiana counts alumni or UBC? We count alumni as those who've graduated from the university. We have about 180,000 alumni. So if we were to count our entire world, of everyone who's taken a class, the number would be huge. So we've decided that's one of our parameters. We're 80% graduates, so we try to focus on all of the students, although one of the big U.S. News and World Report benchmark is undergraduate alumni giving. So we're trying to um, focus a little bit on that as that's a, a, a measurement, but we really need to look at all of our alumni. It's a challenge, and I think that speaks to the uh, the initiative that case is going through is is we have to have some flexibility but we do have to have a place to start and we're going to learn from this in the next five years so perhaps we will all come to a more common understanding at some point but it's so wonderful that at least we have a place that we're starting and we'll be able to have some conversations about this and be able to see where we're having successes and where we're not contrary to the reaction that some have to the white paper Nobody on the task force believes this is some sort of top-down kind of industry 
um, unilateral effort. It's, again, an invitation to a conversation. We, we need to move forward here because right now the metrics we use, whether they're in fundraising, U.S. news, or what have you, are often reactive and have been created by entities that have no experience in any of the work that we're doing in this area. And so this really is about getting a conversation going among the people that are closest to it. You know, the next stage in this process will be to find institutions to build a coalition of the willing to say, okay, now let's work these definitions. And if you remember that commission, you're really trying to balance the idea that we need to start at the highest level possible so that each institution can develop a more specific definition for itself. Because what's going to be interesting over time is when you can have an informed conversation with an institution that may be measuring slightly differently than another to see if those differences really matter. So again, this is really an effort to say we need to do this and it and get institutions to take this seriously and do their work. Some institutions, for example, will count things that others won't. We don't tend to compare um, community college advancement uh, the same way we would a research one global top 50 university. So I th it's kind of surprising to me that some react to this as if cases define this and, and the definitions are done. It's simply to say, we need to count alumni, and you need to put in your definition those relevant sub-elements that matter to your mission. And then we'll work the rest out over time as we see what really counts. So I would just add, um, I would just say that in our case specifically, I would say we are actually leaving a whole lot of uh, individuals off the table in terms of our opportunities to engage them. Uh, because like you, we are actually only uh, really tracking our alumni who have received degrees and uh, and yet we have a lot of alumni out here out there who have great affinity for the institution and they didn't necessarily uh, um, finalize a degree at UBC and so I think I realize that there's a lot of details about how we count and track alumni that need to be ironed out but I'm a big advocate for we're an engagement organization and we need to be opening the tent as widely as we can because if alumni have an affinity or individuals have an affinity then we need to be embracing them and frankly I think there's a bigger conversation around constituent engagement and you know what is our role uh, given the infrastructure that we have in place to engage alumni that could actually translate into engagement of uh, a lot of other constituents of the university as well. I was just going to say, I think one of the things that will really we will benefit from in the advancement in alumni office is being able to demonstrate a return on investment to the institution. I think for years, our universities have done alumni activities. We've had events. We've had programs. But to what? To for what end? And I think this challenges us to be able to speak to the value that our work provides to the university and really helps elevate the legacy of our alumni and, and a, a value for what they bring to the institution. And that's been a big gap for, for at least for my institution. Another important thing to go back to about this is that the, the core initial benefit of this is going to be for institutional self-assessment mm -hmm. because there won't be enough commonality at the beginning if institutions take this seriously to be able to develop any reliable industry-wide measure because we need a critical mass of institutions to take the framework that's been offered develop it more deeply and refine it over time so the concern that this is going to be turned into something that's weaponized where people use it 
one against the other or it foments you know disruption I, I think the risk is a lot lower than we might think because at the beginning we need to be able to measure against the things we value according to our missions and I think that's really where we need to spend our energy so for the final roundtable question hmm. here we are will the advancement world settle on a common set of engagement metrics eventually eventually we will um, and I think uh, I think there's more um, there's a much bigger, larger appetite, I think, to move in this direction. Uh, I think that there's a lot of institutions uh, that are looking for guidance about, you know, where do they start? And I think that the fact that we're kind of starting in a small, refined way will really help build support for it over time. So I'm, I'm um, quite optimistic about the fact that the work that's underway, uh, that it is going to lead to some, some common metrics. I think there will be just a few threads and a few data points at first that we can build off of. I'm very excited about it. For me, uh, at a newer, younger university, less than 50 years old, this really will help give us a framework and some information to make really valuable decisions. I'm excited about being able to contribute to it from the ground floor, and I'm so thrilled that that uh, JT and this whole team of people have spent a lot of time uh, wrestling with such a, a complex issue. And I hope that our organizations, our universities embrace it because I think we really will benefit from being able to speak about this from a really intelligent, well-informed perspective. It's not a matter of if it will happen, it's when. We've, this has been a, at least a decade-long conversation to this point, And we're just to the point to say there's about six to eight broad, very general things we're trying to get our arms around. So I think that makes the next logical step. And it also says the history is instructive here. This is evolution, not revolution. This has been a production of Grinzebach, Glear & Associates, where our mission is advancing yours.